0: It's been a hard day tonight And I've been walking like a storm Are you ready to get down to business? Join seasoned entrepreneur, community leader, and Army veteran, Scott Shalom Klein, who will take you behind the scenes with those who work in America's small business scene and speak with leaders, making an impact, creating jobs, and telling their story in entrepreneurship. So let's get down to business. On AM560, The Answer, here's your host, Shalom Klein.
1: Well, welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I'm very excited to be joined by Juan Calajarano, who is the owner of JLC and Associates. Um, He's also the creator of a program called the Building Opportunities Series. Juan, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Welcome.
2: Thank you. And uh, I love the pronunciation and the last name. I always have people that have problems with that. Even Hispanic people have problems with that as well. But you did it perfect.
1: Thank you. Oh my gosh. Fantastic. Well, we're off to a great starter here. This is awesome. Um, I, I, you know what? I, it's probably because I'm super excited about your upcoming discussion, panel discussion that you're having about Illinois clean renewal and electric vehicle industries. That is something that is definitely a hot topic right now. And it's gotten me excited and I'm excited to share with all of our listeners, honestly, regardless of where people are from. So Juan, let's start in the very beginning. My mother told me to always go there. Juan, tell us about yourself and your company, JLC and Associates. What's your line of work? What do you do?
2: Sure. Um uh, JLC and Associates is first of all my name is Juan Calacrano and once again I wanna thank you for the opportunity. My company is JLC and Associates, is a business development marketing consultant firm. So what that means is that I work with uh um, companies mainly in the construction industry right now. I just came out of from um, about seventeen years of experience. I'm not a contractor, I don't put wires together or I put drywalls or panels or anything like that, but I've been working in the construction industry. For the last 17 years working for a not-for-profit about nine years i was a board member of the same organization for two years and uh, the remainder of the time just working out uh, with contractors helping them with their business uh, making contacts uh, putting them in contacts on the private and public industry the end of the day is they want to get work right and that's what i'm there for, to help them out and guide them in the right direction and show them the path uh, to get connected to the right people and hopefully getting to get the projects.
1: Absolutely, wow, that's awesome, fantastic. And so how did you come up with the Building Opportunities Series? What is the series all about and what's its goal?
2: Yeah, you know what? what is fun is like a, a couple of things. I've been in the industry that I never thought I would be. My background was in supply chain, I love manufacturing, I love distribution, inventory management, uh, all the stuff I love. And they ended up in the construction industry, but in 2007, with no clue, what I was doing, no clue about uh, uh, working for a not-for-profit. I learned along the way, and I just began to enjoy it and love it, and the connections that I've been making through the years. So uh, last year, I switched careers. I, I We departed from my previous employer, so I ended up uh, renewing the company that I founded uh, funded a while back ago, JLC and Associates, but this time did a candidate full-time. And I think uh, I'm back on my mind, when I was with this organization, I always thought of putting Putting contractors together, kind of helping them out, showing the right path, you know, putting them in contact with individuals that, are uh, they feel they want to be contacted with. And I also felt that they could, it could be a good opportunity for them to grow their business. So, uh, decided to do an event. And, uh, I, the first thing I wanted to do is highlight Hispanic women contractors because I felt a lot of times they were not given the right opportunity. So that expanding into, uh, working with a, um, a management company i'm sorry the marketing company that i'm working with j j r marketing they said i want to um want you to win a band with three panels so I decided to do that and i, I once again it was focusing on construction and this time around, I was focusing on hispanic contractors, so I broke it down into uh um, the first one being women contractors women business owners the second was uh general contractors and developers, and the other one, the last one was uh, architects. So that was the first panel. And when I talked to the marketing company, we decided to do three panels, and I said, yeah, give me a year to do that. So the first one, once again, focusing on on contractors, Hispanics, the second one, I wanted to do um, electric vehicles, solar panels, and also data warehouse, but I felt that data warehouse would have its its own segment in a sense, so I decided to just do electric vehicles and solar panels. And um, the last one I want to do, which is probably going to be in July, I want to do manufacturing, incorporate data warehouses as well. So my, my goal is to just bring people in the street together, uh, making connections and uh, all that kind of good stuff and hopefully develop some business along the way.
1: Absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Juan Calajarano from JLC and Associates and the creator of a program called the Building Opportunities Series, which is very exciting. Um, so as mentioned in the show intro, you have an exciting event coming up on February 27th, a great panel discussion. Um, so tell us who's going to be on the panel. And again, uh, tell us a little bit more about what we can expect.
2: Sure. Uh, so it's February 27th. It'll be held in Chicago in the Office of Burns and Mac Engineering at downtown Chicago. And I have three different panels that I'm bringing in. The first one's going to be uh, elected officials. Uh, and I have uh, Senator Castro from the uh, state of Illinois for the uh, 22nd District. I got representatives of Marcus Evans from uh uh, I think it's the 33rd district, but uh, both of them were critical in passing uh, a piece of legislation called CJA, the Climate Equitable Jobs Act, which was passed in 2021, it was signed by Governor Priscilla, and that focuses on providing funding for the implementation, the training of um, anything related to uh, clean energy and renewable energy. So, and, and, and the top of that is also electric vehicles, providing incentives, and all that. And I also got a representative from the 3rd district who's also my same represent- representative. Delgado and also the the woman from um, uh, Jessica put into that position uh, last year from um, from the state Illinois, the EB the person that handles the electric vehicles implementation all that good stuff. so that'll be the first panel. The second panel is going to have um, government agencies <coughs> sorry government agencies that does include representatives from the CTA, Tollway, Illinois Tollway, uh, Chicago Department of Transportation and also planning on getting the Chicago, I'm uh, sorry, Illinois Department of Transportation representative. So it'll be those individuals that are working currently on the implementation and everything related to electric vehicles and all that uh, infrastructure and everything. And the last panel is going to focus on um, private industry. So we have a representative from the IBEW from our uh, local 134, uh, planning on getting this company that deals a lot with the uh, with um, uh, technology for, for the um, uh, battery chargers will do the implementation and everything like that. Uh-huh. And also looking for some folks from Kamed and uh, nikor to be present on the panel as well.
1: Absolutely. So one, um, you know, talking about electric vehicles, EV, uh, we know that there's been some cutbacks by major car companies such as Ford in offering and manufacturing electric vehicles. What are your thoughts? And I'm sure it's going to be covered a little bit in that February 27th panel discussion, but let's uh, maybe introduce our listeners to it uh, and the topic right now.
2: Yeah, and I don't, I don't know exactly what that is happening. I don't know if it's because of uh, funding or they they just not selling the vehicles. I got to dig a little bit more into that. But I know on the same token, I know the uh, there's been some incentives either coming from uh, the federal government or the local government to, and especially that CJA. Um, legislation offers incentives to uh, individuals who are buying vehicles in order to put the vehicles out uh, up on the road. And also, at the, uh, the same token, there's um, there's opportunities for expand um, the implementation of uh, of chargers, of uh, electric chargers, uh, battery chargers. So in the areas, um, the federal government has put out about I think it's about eight billion, eight million dollars. And the local, government, the local state governments putting out like forty million dollars a video. It might be the other way around, but there's, they're trying to get people out there. They're trying to get, make it easy for, for the implementation of the electric vehicles in the state. So hopefully, hopefully that'll change. I know there was a company, I believe, but that might be in the solar panels that are decided to set up their production here in the state of Illinois. It was just announced last week. So hopefully there'll be some changes. I know the CTA and PACE here in Chicago are got some buses out there that are already had put on the road on the south side of Chicago and they're being they're purchasing uh 20 bus. I know cta has got to purchase for 20 buses. I can't remember what the base has, but they're also purchasing some buses as well.
1: Absolutely. So this uh, this panel is on uh, again on February 27th, um, and uh, real quick, because we have to uh, cut to a break, um, how can people learn more about event sponsorships and about uh, you and all the important work that you're doing at JLC and Associates, and of course, the Building Opportunity Series?
2: Sure. Thank you. Uh, um, you can reach me and, uh, on my uh, LinkedIn page, Juan Calajorano, and uh last name is spelled C-A-L-A-H-O-R-R-A-N-O, or also JLC and Associates. Uh, my phone number, if you can reach me at 630-501-7448, 501 7448 And, uh, I'm posting a lot of stuff out there. We're just getting more sponsors for the event and also more panelists that are coming in and, uh, going to be speaking as well.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Juan Calerano. Thank you so much for joining us. I've learned so much about uh, this important discussion. Of course, we'll link in our show notes, February 27th. It's an important date where you can learn so, so much. You have an all-star panel, and I'm excited to continue following your important work. Be sure to check out our sponsors, Tom Mirabali, um, who is your independent agent for all things health insurance and the Affordable Care Act. You can reach him by giving me a call, 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477, or his website, healthplanchicago.com. Once again, for all of your health insurance questions, a quick break, some headlines. We'll be right back on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts on my website at sykline.com. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. And we're going to kick it off with a very special guest, and that is Miss Vernita Stevens. Uh, Vernita is a retired United States Marine Master Sergeant, an inspirational speaker who blends depth and gravitas with tact and and poise. She offers 20 plus years of leadership expertise and uses an inspirational approach to convey positive results in bystander intervention and diversity, equity and inclusion, as well as conflict management. Vernita, first of all, thank you for your service and thank you for coming on the program and sharing your passion with us. It's a pleasure to have you.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for your service as well.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you. Um I mean you've you've had quite the impressive career and I, I I really love uh so much of how your uh how your expertise has developed again from spending time in the United States Marine Corps um and now you are very focused. I've I've read this quote of yours, cleaning your lens changes your view. Um, Vernita, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became passionate, so passionate about this, uh, this, this area that you've dedicated your career to.
3: All right. Well, you know, I'm a small town girl. Let me just say that I'm a small town country girl where it was like, if it needed to get done, you need to do it. And I'll never forget when that Marine recruiter walked in and he said, you know, not many women will make it. And I felt that as a challenge to me, a personal challenge to me. I said, you know what? I bet you I can. I bet you I can make it. And throughout my career, I came up on this one mentor that I was complaining about something. And I remember specifically she told me instead of complaining, become part of the solution. And let me tell you, that stuck with me through my entire career, and it pushed me into the space. No matter what it was that I wanted to learn more about, or what I had a question about, I figured out that I needed to become part of the solution, not just claim, you know, complain about it. But what can what can I do to help? What can I do to encourage somebody else? How can I be a voice for other people? So during my time in the Marine Corps. I had the the privilege of being on something called the Congressional Fellowship Program. I even had an opportunity to work for Congress and Senate, and I decided to retire. But, you know, you get to that place where you feel like, you, you know, it's something that's missing. And I figured out what was missing is that I stopped serving or I felt like I stopped serving. So now I'm serving others by being a voice of change, a voice of reason and being a voice for those that feel like they no longer have it. So my model that says cleaning your lens changes your view, I believe that anything is possible if we change the way that we look at it. Our perspectives are great, but it doesn't mean that somebody else's perspective doesn't matter as well.
1: Absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Vernita Stevens. Um, Vernita, I mean, that's, that's incredible. And uh, certainly, you've taken those lessons from the Marine Corps. Uh, really awesome, incredible opportunity. And so many people are not aware of so many of the opportunities available in the service to, again, take a congressional fellowship. And uh, now you've taken all those lessons and you're continuing to pay it forward. So there's a lot I want to talk to you about in a very short amount of time over here. Let's talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, specifically as it relates to our small business community that's tuning in from around the world. I mean, why, why is inclusive leadership um, the right decision uh, as somebody seeks to, frankly, have a return on investment and, and grow their business? How does it benefit them?
3: Well, the biggest benefit from them is that they are serving society. They are serving the world. And what is the world? It is diverse. It is it all encompass every race, ethnicity, nationality, gender, gender identity, everything that is out there. So if we're not being inclusive of all, if we're not looking at the big picture, you are missing out. A lot of people say, well, I just want to look at sales and I want to look at my target audience. But if you're not breaking it down to say, am I including everyone? Am I paying attention to? Who my investors are, who my listeners are, who's in my market, who am I serving? You're missing so many potential people that they could reach within their small businesses by overlooking them. Could be unintentionally, but, you know, open their eyes to that.
1: That's right. And Vernita, I know you're so passionate about helping organizations and people to succeed beyond their potential. And that's exactly what this is all about. Um, You've already talked a little bit about cleaning your lens changes your view. But a lot of that is, I know you speak frequently about this, about listening and embracing the pause. That's something I've talked to my mentors about quite a bit. What do you mean by uh, by that statement?
3: So embracing the pause is about reaction versus response. Just think about in general, the last time that somebody said something or did something and you did a spontaneous, a spontaneous reaction to it. You didn't have an opportunity to think about it. You just reacted, whatever that emotion was. But when we learn how to brace a pause, we get a chance to stop and listen. Listen to what that person on the other end is trying to tell us. And as a small business owner, you're listening to their needs. What is your client needing? What do they need from you? If you're talking the whole time and you're just reacting, you're missing the mark. But if you pause, you listen, you respond to their ask and speak to the benefit, then there's more out there.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, because there's so much to learn from people and that ties to what we were talking about before, again, about uh, embracing uh, the diversity equity and inclusion all around you but often as you listen um, frequently uh, another issue pops up something that I know you're also very passionate about that's conflict management it is so common that when you're out there you mentioned in your introduction that you're you know you're a small town girl and and you know suddenly you're 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 exposed to that big marine core world all of a sudden you see people that don't look like you that don't sound like you and inevitably there's going to be that moment of conflict, likely due to a lack of understanding. Vernita, what's your lesson to the entrepreneurs, small business owners, and frankly, any professionals that are tuning in and can resonate with some of those challenges?
3: It's just, first and foremost, go back to embracing that pause. Accept that Everyone is not going to be exactly like you. They may not have your idea, but be open-minded that your good idea could turn into a great idea if you're open your mind to what is diverse. Now, when you think about that conflict, it normally happens within those disagreements. And there are going to be times that you have to agree to disagree and knowing that you may not always be right. And that your point of view and perspective is important, but so is theirs. So what it breaks down to is having that dignity and respect for the other person whom you are communicating with.
1: Absolutely. So Vernita, you speak regularly uh, all over the world um, on some of these topics. And I know you have met so many uh, people, but additionally, you have an identity of of uh, your being an entrepreneur yourself. Uh, again, after retiring, after moving on, you've established the 2P uh, Paradigm of Possibilities LLC, which of course we'll send our listeners to in just a moment. So to the entrepreneurs that are tuning in, what advice do you have? Maybe some of those lessons learned and even your own journeys of entrepreneurship.
3: <laughs> Let me tell you, I, um, I'm glad you asked me that question. Take your time. That's one of the first things I can say. Take your time and do not not do something because it's not perfect. There's nothing that's going to be perfect. Let me go on a record of saying it. So many times I would, you know, be working on something and say, I can't do it yet because it's not, I need to cross this T or dot this I. You can continue to prove upon whatever it is that you're putting out because growth is continuous. You learn something continuously. So whatever you have in the moment, and you feel is great at that moment, you move towards it and you put it out. And as it gets better, then you improve upon it. So do not stop, do not give up and do not quit.
1: Absolutely. That is such fantastic advice. You are inspiring. You are empowering. That's Vernita Stevens. Vernita, I could talk to you for so long, um, but I don't want to share all the secrets. I want to make sure our listeners can get in touch with you and, uh, and, and bring you on uh, to coach them, to mentor them, and invite you to uh, some of their upcoming events. Vernita, how can our listeners reach you?
3: They can always find me at www.2p-llc.com or they can email me at info at the number two, the letter P-llc.com.
1: Fantastic. Ms. Fernita Stevens, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Semper Fi, Ura. appreciate hurrah. you coming on. Thank you for your service. Again, thank you for your inspiration. I can't wait to bring you on again real soon. And we are going to have squeeze in a very quick break here on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You can always download podcasts, on my website at sycline.com, or of course on your favorite podcast app just search for get down to business but please make sure you subscribe rate review and share again we have a jam-packed show for you today so you don't want to touch that dial you're listening to get down to business and we'll be right back well welcome back to get down to business so we know that February is known as the month of romance. Did you also know that it's also the busiest meeting month of the year? If you find yourself running around the office, jumping from one conference room to another, or dialing in for one call after another, you're not alone. In fact, the first quarter of this year is poised to be the busiest meeting season of the year due to the holiday break, and 25% more meetings take place in February than any other month of the year. At the same time, because the US is also experiencing just so much cold, I mean, oh my gosh, the snowstorms, the plummeting temperatures, and some professionals have been unable to make it to work for days at a time, but that hasn't stopped meetings from occurring. In fact, again, even with winter weather, which sometimes is unpredictable, there's still even more online meetings than ever. Everybody's on Zoom, there's mobile, there's cloud technologies. Folks can work and conduct meetings from their homes and other remote locations. So, When remote meetings are the best option for employees, the question is how to keep those employees as productive as possible when working from home. So I wanted to spend a couple of minutes talking, uh, to prepare entrepreneurs to prepare for February and effectively manage those meetings and teams when working from home as this atypical Arctic weather marches on. So say goodbye to long meetings because February is a serious time cruncher for everyone. You really need to think carefully at how long a meeting should take before you schedule it. The average duration of a meeting is 45 minutes. Uh, So strive to finish most meetings in 30 minutes by keeping everyone focused and avoiding that small talk. And speaking of, again, staying focused, prevent that chronic tardiness. As the old saying goes, time is money. So if you're noticing one of your colleagues or employees is always running late to meetings, you need to address it early and ensure it's corrected. Because when one meeting runs late, it can delay the next meeting of every other meeting participant. And seeing is believing. When you're conducting conference calls on the phone, it's hard to know if your staff or customer is fully paying attention to you. In fact, our research found that 6% of people admitted that they've fallen asleep. Yes, falling asleep during audio only meeting. So maybe, maybe consider that video conference, consider Zoom and actually have those videos on. It may, may be a more productive and fruitful business meeting after all. And bolster engagement by asking questions. This is definitely a big one for me. We've all been in meetings where only one or two people known as the talkers, you know who I'm talking about over here, are always speaking up, leaving others taking a backseat. This is especially prominent in virtual meetings when it's easier for attendees to not participate as often. So to maximize engagement and participation, call on the more laid-back employees, see if they have any questions or perspective on the topic that you have been discussing. And did you forget something? It's difficult to keep up and remember next steps when there are many back-to-back meetings. That's why it's important to designate one person To write down all the action items and before a meeting ends and have them read the items aloud to ensure everyone's on the same page. Now, how do you know your, how do you ensure your staff will read the action items? Try putting an office appropriate joke in the email as an incentive for them to read the action items. I mean, we know it. It's 2024. Uh, video conferencing is so easy. Frankly, three-year-olds can and do use it. And uh, I don't endorse any particular products, but I really would love to know what's working for you. Uh, it's funny. I was just reading an article online about how uh, Skype has gone um, the way of the past. And Skype certainly, if we were to have this conversation a few years ago, Skype was the way that everybody was connecting, staying in touch in those family uh, get-togethers that were taking place virtually. But Skype is almost gone and Zoom is definitely the most popular. But if there is a productive a uh, meeting uh, forum that has worked for you or for your business or for your families, for that matter, let us know. Uh, we've talked a little bit about some of those engagement strategies over the past few minutes. And I've been playing around with some of the tools in terms of breakout rooms, in terms of the ability to even have the system, again, capture, um, a summary using AI. Embrace those tools. Embrace the technology to allow you to work smarter and not harder. Again, things like that will ensure that you can have a meeting that lasts maybe for a fraction of the time. As mentioned in the uh, segment intro, February is going to be a very, very busy month and we want to make sure that every minute is being used productively so you can be involved in uh, all of the accomplishments in your professional world, but also make sure that you're blocking out time for what's important in your personal life as well. So again, if there's a meeting tool that works for you, please get in touch with me. You can get in touch with me and get a sneak peek of who's going to be on the program all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship that's get down to business and my website is sycline.com, sycline.com and of course on your favorite podcast apps frankly, every single app. Uh, just search for Get Down to Business and be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and share. In the meantime, I want to encourage you to also get in touch with one of our other sponsors. That's Laura cantrimon Gerais. She is a licensed real estate broker at Coldwell Banker Stratford Place. And uh, she is the expert on all things real estate in the Chicagoland area. She's a great friend of the show. And I know she's always happy to answer questions from any of our amazing listeners on Get Down to Business. You can reach her at 708 212 4905-708-212-4905. Again, for all of your real estate questions, and uh, you know, in the upcoming weeks, we are going to be diving in to uh, to talking about some ways that, as you kick off in uh, in in as we continue in Q one of twenty twenty four, that you can get involved in community by stepping up and volunteering. Uh, that's certainly going to be my theme of my new year's resolutions over the coming months is again continuing that message of service Uh, we've got a lot more in store for you on get down to business don't touch that dial we'll be right back We are back on the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Very excited for our next guest, and that is Dr. Abby Lev. She is a psychotherapist, an author, a mediator, international speaker, and executive coach in San Francisco, California. She's the director of the Bay Area CBT Center, a clinic that specializes in cognitive behavioral therapy. We're going to use that acronym, CBT, to help individuals and couples break unhelpful patterns, develop healthier habits, and improve all areas of life. She's been all over in the media, and it truly is a pleasure to welcome Dr. Abby Lev. Abby, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So, Abby, before we dive into CBT, again, that's Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, I would love to just get to know you a little bit. Um, How did you end up in this line of work? And I know you're so passionate about it um, because I've seen you all over the media. So where did that come from?
4: Yeah, probably my own struggles with, you know, existential angst and finding meaning and fulfillment and wondering what makes people happy, what makes life meaningful. And then I got lucky because I got to both help myself and others at the same time.
1: Oh, so this is personal for you. Okay. Well, uh, I know, again, you've presented your research in numerous conferences and your work has been featured in various news outlets like the New York Post, CNBC, Forbes, Huffington Post, and the list goes on and on. So let's talk about CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Um, so... For our lay listeners that are out there, um, again, I know that this is personal for you. Tell us a little bit about why this is important and why it matters for both individuals, couples, professionals, and so on.
4: CBT specifically or therapy in general, okay.
1: Cognitive behavioral therapy, please?
4: Yeah, I think that um, there's lots of different types of therapies out there, like somatic therapy and psychodynamic therapy, attachment theory. And cognitive behavioral therapy is kind of an amalgamation of all of these. And why I think it's so powerful is because it's very important to recognize that our thoughts, our feelings, our sensations, our urges, and our behaviors are all interconnected. And we can't really change the way we feel without changing how we act. Meaning some therapies like psychodynamic therapy is based on the notion that insight alone will lead to change. But behavioral therapists, we don't really believe that. We, we could notice how a lot of us have very bad habits. We're aware of those habits, and yet we still continue them. And so cognitive behavioral therapy helps us know where to intervene and how to help people change their behaviors and recognize particular Beliefs or stories that they tell themselves that pull them towards certain behaviors or certain feelings that they're avoiding that pull them towards certain behaviors. Like, if I don't want to feel guilty, I may have a difficult time saying no. Uh, or if I believe that people are not trustworthy, I may have a difficult time being honest. And so, Cognitive behavioral therapy helps us work on, on these thoughts and feelings and sensations so that we have a different relationship with them so they no longer stop us or control our behaviors. And then we have behavioral freedom. We could notice that we could choose our actions without being deeply influenced by certain thoughts, beliefs, or, or emotions.
1: Absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Abby Lev. Um, Dr. Lev has co-authored three books on strengthening relationships. Really, really interesting. And I know one of the books, the Interpersonal Problems Workbook. So not really a, uh, you know, a a light reading book, but really a guide, a guide for so many of the things. And Abby, you've already touched on some of these areas. Again, narcissistic personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, codependency. These are things that, again, in both personal life as well as uh, professional life, it can impact on so many levels. So let's talk about your clinic um, for a little bit. Um, I mean, tell us a little bit about the day to day and some of the people, obviously without names, of course, um, right. that uh, that come in and uh, and that you've been able to uh, to help in their journeys.
4: Yeah, I feel really, really lucky. Like I learn so much from my clients. I teach them, but I also learn so much from them they're really amazing people and when i see them being able to change their behaviors it's so interconnected they motivate me i motivate them um and so uh, our our clients are very diverse we have a, i have a group therapy clinic where i work with eight other psychologists and we hold each other accountable we make each other do the work and so it's like a a process where we're all learning and growing together. Like therapists have to do their own work to be able to help other people change their behaviors. And our clinic is quite diverse. We have anywhere from 15 year olds to 70 year olds, um, all nationalities, genders, um, races. Yeah, pretty diverse.
1: Incredible! That's amazing. And again, I know that obviously your clinic is uh, in uh, in in the Bay Area, but of course, you are uh, you are having an impact globally through your research, through your speaking, and so on. And so, we're going to have to go to break in about a minute. But I am really curious: How do you distinguish the difference between somebody with a borderline personality disorder, a narcissistic personality disorder, or an avoidant attachment style?
4: Yeah. Somebody with a narcissistic personality disorder, they actually score high on cold empathy. Cold empathy is being able to recognize how people are thinking and feeling. And they score below average on warm empathy, uh, feeling impacted by other people's feelings, like having a physiological arousal being touched by someone's experience. Whereas somebody with borderline personality disorder they uh, are actually a little lower on, um, on cognitive empathy, on a cold empathy. So they may not recognize it as much, but they don't necessarily lack warm empathy. So it's not that they're not empathizing with others, if that makes sense
1: absolutely well i'm learning so much uh, again uh, we are being joined by dr abby lev uh, who is the uh, co-author of several books we're of course going to send our listeners to those uh, to those books and of course to uh, abby's amazing research in just a few minutes we're going to squeeze in a very quick break but again we're chatting with the director of the bay area cbt center dr abby lev will be right back on get down to business don't touch that dial And we're back on Get Down to Business, continuing my amazing conversation with Dr. Abby Lev, um, Abby is a, uh, is a psychotherapist, author, mediator, international speaker, and executive coach in San Francisco, the director of the Bay Area CBT Center. We've already introduced a little bit about what CBT is, cognitive behavioral therapy. We've been learning a little bit about some of your research, Abby. And I know you've written a couple of books, um, which are fascinating. But, you know, Abby, it's very interesting. So many folks are on, uh, are on social media, maybe TikTok, Instagram, and they think that, gosh, They've got all the professionals and all the expertise that they need. Um, Abby, I know you have a thing or two to say on the topic.
4: Yeah, you know, it's a very crazy world right now. And I think that the psychology field is becoming kind of bastardized, especially with these large corporations like BetterHelp and Talkspace. And now these uh, people who claim to be experts on TikTok Um, And I think what's really important is that when you're seeing a doctor, when you're seeing a psychologist who has gotten their doctorate degree, there's several different pieces that distinguish it from people on TikTok or BetterHelp or all of these situations. Um, One thing is that as a person as a psychotherapist you are in a position of a lot of power people are sharing very deep personal things about themselves and they're looking up to you they need guidance and one of the most important things that you learn in school is uh, how to use a methodology that is non-biased so that you're not leading the client in the direction that you really want to go in and what i notice you know i've seen a lot of now these um, movies and shows on Netflix, with like, um, I forget the name of it, this soulmate thing where it turned into a cult. There's a lot of these types of um, uh, self help organizations online that end up manipulating and using their power uh, in such a way with vulnerable people that can be really harmful. And so you have to think about the fact that somebody who goes to school to study this. Uh, not only understands, I think the other issue is that people on TikTok, Instagram, they see themselves as like an expert on trauma, but they're not an expert on trauma. They're an expert on their own trauma. They didn't go to school to really understand what trauma may look like for different people. They end up projecting their own experiences onto others. And so uh, there's a lot of issues now with AI and um you know, these organizations and therapists that are not really credentialed to be doing this work. And I have a huge concern for the implications of that and people that may be being exploited um, and, and not getting the treatment that they need and not really understanding the benefits of someone who really understands the diagnoses, who understands the subtle distinctions between the diagnoses, who's not projecting their own ideas and their own work onto others and who's not abusing this very powerful position that they're in.
1: Well, like we said, I know you're very passionate about this and it's certainly a trend that we've been watching and I I look forward to having you back on, Abby, to uh, talk more about it. But in the meantime, uh, one of the most important bits of advice that we can share with our listeners is to get people in touch with you, Um, your three books, your amazing uh, coaching practice, and of course your work in San Francisco. Abby Lev, how can we get in touch with you?
4: You can visit bay area CBT You can also visit cbtonline.com. I recently unfortunately started an Instagram account and a Facebook account um, and so you could find me there. What is that? That is a uh, Bay Area CBT Center on Facebook and it's CBT Skills on Instagram.
1: <laughs> I love it. So you're actually countering some of the things that we've talked about, which I think is great. I think it's fantastic. You have it's a unfortunate. Lot. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I know you have a lot of content out there, some really important information, frankly, relevant, especially as we uh, move further into Q1 of 2024. Lots of great advice. I look forward to having you back. on. Um, that's a wrap for us here on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, sykline.com. check us out on your favorite podcast app just search for get down to business we'll be back next sunday with lots more content information and amazing guests doing amazing things in the community let's get down to business we'll see you next week